everyone and welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast, the Nerdy Podcast hosted by two Northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And we're joined, I dare say, a friend of the podcast now. A familiar face of the podcast. Uh, one, of, uh, one of our first guests has returned. Um, Big face. <laughs> <laughs> compared to our little faces now with, that, with the new cameras and stuff. <laughs> But uh, yes, so we've got, we've got Sam's lovely sister, Michaela, joining us again. So welcome Hello. back, Michaela. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Sam was telling us that you enjoyed it a lot last time. So well, like I say, we're more than wanted you to have back on, especially with this to- topic. Like now, with the Nerdy Podcast, delving a little bit offbeat, going a little bit uh, a different way, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, going to have a bit of a, a chat about uh, true crimes and how... Like I say, how you feel about the explosion of the true crime genre that seems to be taken off over the last, I'd say, year to two years. Um, I know it's always been quite a big subject and a big uh, like talking point, but I think recently it has hit new heights, especially with uh, Netflix taking, like I say, quite a big charge on that. And now other things, been, especially with Sky as well, launching a, a specialist channel to crime, which... Uh, I never thought in a million years would happen, but it seems to be the way that it's going. So um, before we start as well, I know Sam always likes to have a little disclaimer, so I don't know if she's got it prepared. Yeah, I think it's really important on this one to add my usual disclaimer that all of the opinions that we, like everything we talk about is our own opinions. If you don't like them, by all means, come and have a chat with us, but do not come and throw hate comments at us with regards to this topic because it can come off as a bit of a sensitive one. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on Facebook, hit us up in the comments on YouTube. More than happy to have a discussion, but we are trying to keep the toxic levels out of nerdism. Mm-hmm. And I apologise well in advance for my terrible camera quality and <laughs> potential terrible cam- audio because I heard it on last week's episode and it didn't sound great. I will be back next week in my <laughs> usual spot with my brand new camera that I am very <laughs> excited to get it tested out. So that's me disclaimer. That's all I'm saying. If you you know if you don't like it, fair beans, but just come and have a come and have a conversation with us. Don't come and attack us. I'm not. I will. I won't tolerate it. <laughs> you say I'm not. Uh, you say I know we've not had any hate so far, so I'm, I'm not expecting any. But like I say, I know this. As I said, is a, as Sam said, it is a sensitive subject. There is a lot of raw, I would say, energy towards. Like I say, the mm-hmm. true crime thing, especially with some of the subject matter. Well, like I say, we will delve into it and try and handle it well, as where we can. Because like I say, this is just our personal opinion about it. But also, normally at the start, we would get, um, like, say, the guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. But we've kind of already did that. Like, say, we already know a little bit about you. Has anything else changed since the last sport you, Michaela? <laughs> um, not really. Still just at work, curating on. Still Sam's sister. <laughs> That's the one thing you just can't na- get rid of, unfortunately. <laughs> The only thing now is because you do them on a night, I can have a drink. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like a plonk cast now, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the plonk cast, even though I'm drinking orange juice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Bless. Yeah. So, uh, like I say, with this one, because we're not going to do like any top fives or like say general nerd talk. It is just going to be like I say, a kind of like a conversation. So it should be interesting to see how it flows. But I think. The, 
the starting point with any type of like discussion is basically how did you get into it? So what was the, your starting points to getting into like true crime and what was the elements that draw you into it? And um, like I say, I'll ask you both before I, I'll let you know about mine. Um, I, I was just probably similar. Probably. Would you say? I would, uh, mine was, go on. Um, I've, I'm like, when did I? Cause like I've been watching crime stuff for years and I'm not like, I'm like, been watching them and like all that like I'm not one of them people um but like yeah I just remember me and Stephen my partner would used to like flip through the channels and watch mm. um the crime channel and mm. just be obsessed with like um snap women who kill and obviously I think we're probably going to be talking more about film but it started mm. definitely with tv yeah. um and yeah so snapped most evil which mm. I loved um mm-hmm. Um, to catch a predator, which I don't even know. If, I can't remember what that was on, but um, I don't think it was yeah, on. In it. The, I don't think that was on in the UK. Catch a predator was like a American show where the, the host kind of just like stand, stands on like a desk and you tried messaging a six, a twelve year old, and it was like the yeah. most uncomfortable position you ever put in. I remember it's that horrendously one. <laughs> uh, illegal too, because you're just entrapping all these people. Um, <laughs> but I just remember watching watching that and then like finding documentaries and just going like mm. full on through them like I love documentaries like mm. I love every sort of documentary mm-hmm. so that kind of the true crime thing just went along with that kind of obsession cool. like it was just like everything I would be like I, like, I watched a documentary on this and then I watched a documentary on that and like I think I don't have a life I don't because <laughs> I'm watching a documentary. <laughs> mine was, um, I think mine was the late the late nineties because I'd heard of the West Memphis Three, mm-hmm. um, and then the early two thousands I watched Paradise Lost for the first time. Right, which is something I want to get into later on. But Paradise mm. Lost is probably the first point of. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say obsession. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, like I say, when anything can be a bit obsession or like I say, something you're passionate about, uh, that's something that I always comes across. I know when we start talking about like episodes for the podcast, this was on your list like from the start. This is one some one of the things you've been trying to get us into um, from like the get go. So it's it's always interesting. I know there has been quite a big boom in podcasts as well that do true crime, but my starting point is a little bit more. Uh, close to home i know it sounds strange but it was probably crime watch um <laughs> on the on the bbc uh stopping up because uh, i used to be on i think it was nine o'clock on a mm-hmm. thursday or a friday night um and shit that was a kind of scary for a kid i thought <laughs> some of the reaction uh, recreations and stuff like that um and when they used to show uh, cameras i know it used to be like um this person was attacked or this person was murdered but since crime watches went off the air you very rarely hear any Thing in the news these it's days on uh, crime watch is actually on a morning now really so it's not as on morning on a morning on the bbc yeah and um, i always remember because yeah i was like you paul i watched crime watch as a kid and terrified the life out of myself and i i think i stopped watching when it hit too close to home mm-hmm. and the Nikki Allen case came on. Ah, right, yes. And it's right it's right next to where you live now, Michaela. That's where it happened, the block of flats. Yeah. Um oh. yeah, there was a young, was a bonded young girl warehouse where the bonded warehouse is now. Yeah, she, um, she just she she was meant to walk to her grandmother's flat, which was 
few doors away from where she lived and she never came home and it was terrifying mm. and I think that's why I stopped watching it <laughs> no I remember that as a kid because I, I, I was living in Roker at the time and literally when it, the news broke because that was just over the water from us and for about I would say a month after that nobody left the no kids were out playing there was um and like every parent took the kids to school that day because I was, I was only in primary school so I remember it um because normally I lived literally five minutes walk away from the school but for, for a month or two months after that happened no kids actually uh, weren't escorted to school either your parents took you or your next door neighbor took you uh was quite uh it, say a scary time as a kid when that did happen so yeah i can't remember hitting shiny like that to be honest i don't think they cared like <laughs> 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 sunderland's issue they can deal with it <laughs> No. Don't want to break out of Sam, but she lives in Sunderland. Sorry, <laughs> Sunderland, right now. I know that, but it's like mm-hmm. it's a distance away. You mm-hmm. are a distance away from us. Yeah, it's a it's it's a canny bus ride to get to yours now. So. Exactly, and we're a Durham postcode, so yeah, that's yeah, bullshit. Pretentious posh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me knocking Sunderland. I moved to Manchester and I couldn't take it, so I ended up coming back here. So don't. Right. <laughs> I live in Roca. I'm proud to be from Sunderland. <laughs> uh, I used to live in I used to live in DM Dot, so that's all right. we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, I can still remember that. And like when it was on Crime Watch, uh, it, w- it was big news. But I don't think you hear any any. I know when it does happen locally, but not as much these days, unless it's like widespread or it's like say. A young kid, do you hear as much these days? It still goes on, but it's it probably is not as in. No, no, not as not. Yeah, we. I, the last one I remember that was local mm-hmm. was in Pencher. Yeah. Um, and I was coming out of a friend's house in Herriton, which is about a ten-minute walk from where I live, and we would. It was a derby day, mm-hmm. so it was Sunderland versus Newcastle, and the streets were empty because obviously mm-hmm. Derby Day, everyone's watching the match, and the, there was a police car came past us and mm-hmm. asked if they could take us back to our where we were going to because mm-hmm. a young girl had gone missing. Yeah. Um, and she was found in Pencher. And I think our stepdad, or our dad was accused of it. I think he was, um, I think he wasn't charged, but yeah. that's the last time I remember a major case in my, like, in my area. Mm-hmm. Um, can you remember it, Michaela? Yeah, wasn't it? it? Was like Sarah Palin or something? I don't know. I can't remember the. No, that's name. from down south. That she definitely was nowhere near us. That's the little. No, girl I don't know. Was that the Millie Downer? I'm sure it. No, oh, no. Hmm. Sorry, just I know it. Like it was like a name, wasn't it? You remember like her name, but yeah. unfortunately, I can't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, um, going back to like, because I was going to talk about this a bit later, but as we're talking about local and uh, like, say, general. Uh, crimes in the northeast uh, at the moment. Um, I, there was a TV show that was on recently. Um, I know it's in the third season. It's just about come out called Murder Town. I don't know if you've watched it. It's on uh, the crime. Um, one of the episodes was based in Sunland. Uh, one of the uh, Sunland big cases that did come out. Um, trying to think of the name because I had a last one. Cory doing the uh, doing the you know when they do or walking around talking to people and stuff like that. Yeah. But, They've done the case. I don't know if you can remember it. Uh, 
It was the Stephen Grie- uh, Grieveson case, the Sunland Strangler. And uh, he actually, yeah, he actually killed people in Roker. He was a, uh, it was like I, I, I think he was about five or six years older than me. Mm-hmm. And what he would do, he, he would uh, take lads from school, um, oh, hit in his flat, <laughs> and like from the Monk of school, and then uh, strangle them in his flat, flat and roger, and then take them to an allotment and set them on fire. Oh um, no! I've heard of this. Mm. I've never heard of that ever. Yeah, but it was yeah, a, it was called the it was called the Sunland Strangler, but um, it was on a TV show called Murder Town. That's why I, I say. I, when because the, they actually describe him as a serial killer because he killed more well he, I think he killed three people it might be more I'm not 100% sure but I remember it um, watching it because uh, Nick like my wife she is obsessed with anything to do with serial killers and stuff almost to the point where I get a little bit worried where I don't want to piss her off too much because I might be <laughs> under buried under the deck in one day but um, <laughs> it's on Sky still the, the show it's on um, uh, like I say the crime the crime channel now if you go on to, like I say, On Demand, just type in Murder Town, and it's got three seasons of it. But The Sunland Strangler, it's called. Um, that was right. one I watched um, like not too long ago. All right, well, should we get into what we would class as our favourite mm-hmm. documentary? Kayla, do you want to go first? Um, yeah. So we'll talk about my, my stance on these kind of crime things have changed mm-hmm. a lot over the years which we can go to at another time but honestly one of my favorite so your favorite one Michaela I um, have many favorites mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to like pick which ones I really love uh, like the thin blue line which mm-hmm. is a um, Errol Morris documentary Mm-hmm. I think I've said his name right. I probably haven't. <laughs> um, I love like Bowling for Columbine, which is mm-hmm. obviously it's about gun control, but it, it relates to like the crime of the, the yeah. mass shootings and that. But the one that's really, um, I was like, that's how you do a documentary. That's how you make something. Is the O.J. Simpson one, the Made in America? Right. Okay. Um, so it came out a couple of years ago and it actually won best documentary at the Oscars because mm-hmm. they have these weird rules of like if you play it at certain cinemas because it's, mm-hmm. it's a series but if you play it at certain cinemas at certain times and of its length mm-hmm. like it can be nominated for an Oscar so it was nominated for um, best documentary and it won for every reason because it is absolutely brilliant it just like you think oh I know the OJ Simpson no. trial no. and it just goes into like like why he was so big because like I was born in like 89 um, for, and, and obviously from um, Britain so we didn't really understand like that he was such like a god to mm-hmm. people yeah like like this, this sports star obviously it'd be like a David Beckham or something and that's how shit I am at sports that, that's the only <laughs> person I can go to um and just how it just showed how massive he was, and yeah. then it showed just like the layers upon layers of how like it, you know, it was race relations, but they actually used it disgustingly like for it because mm. of what was happening with like the Elliot riots at the time. Yeah. And just go into like such amazing details about mm. it. 
And then obviously what happened after, which mm-hmm. I, I knew that he was about in prison, mm-hmm. but what he was about in prison, but I didn't know why. And I actually felt like at the end it was like, well, that's shocking. Like he went to prison for that and he didn't go to prison for murdering his wife and that, yeah. that poor man. No. And it was just so beautifully done uh, with, well, for our, what I remember too, with respect too. Mm-hmm. And just like social, um, just the social culture of it all. And um, just, it was just such a good documentary. It's on Disney Plus at the moment, if you want to watch it. It's mm-hmm. a five-part documentary. I'd say the first episode, if you want to understand how big of a god OJ was to the American public, the first episode gives you that because it goes into his whole career. I don't even oh, think it was, was, it was, yeah, it was absolutely huge. Like, say, even not just like being the American football star, he, like, it was even in like movies, like he was huge in the Naked Gun films and stuff. That's where mm-hmm. I, my first introduction to OJ was. But, Probably um, for a lot of us in, over here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've not seen that one. I know there's been a lot of documentaries about OJ Simpson in, like, say, the mm-hmm. last. Oof, in the last 10 years, I would say. Like, the one... This is the one, though. Yeah. This is the one to watch because yeah. it breaks everything down. It's like every misconception you thought you had is just completely put mm-hmm. right in this documentary. Michaela was the one who introduced me to it mm-hmm. and me and Anth absolutely ate it up. It's nearly... How many? Like, five hours or something? And it's it's mm-hmm. worth every second of it. It is yeah. absolutely yeah. nominal. That no. was a good choice, that one, Michaela. But yeah. Bowling for Columbine can't after reading Dave Cullen's Columbine book I can't get on board with that documentary anymore mm-hmm. I can understand why because the thing is with people with documentaries they take it as some people not obviously all take it as fact mm-hmm. this is fact this is a documentary you are telling fact when actually it's a film by Michael Moore star and Michael Moore he's yeah. the star of it it's his opinion it's he's narrating it and I think a lot of people kind of really forget that point in documentaries like this is not fact this is someone putting a story together that's where a lot of these type of things as well though now because that's the problem with the internet as as you say with us three faces on the film anyone any arsehole can get on the internet and give their opinion and (laughs) uh, show um like tell a story or say, say this is fact that's that's the problem what we've got these days um, it's not a problem, like we say, as I said, it gives us an outlet. But I think too many people do believe it's it's back in the same back in mentality as they had back in the day when it, oh god, it's in the newspaper, it must be real. That still but, to do. That still stands on today. Mm-hmm. Um, but bowling for Columbine, I love the um, the gun control part of it, obviously because it's everything, every, I believe anyway, everything he says and that gun control is right. And at the time, the story about Dylan and, um, oh my gosh, his name's totally gone out of my head, Dylan and... Eric. Eric. Um, the story of them two was two goth kids, you know, really badly done by, um, completely and utterly bullied to the point where they just snapped. When in actual fact, that wasn't the case at all. They were not. If anything, they yeah. were the bullies. Um, they mm-hmm. were one of them. Dave Cullen really puts more blame on one than he does the other. Um, he, what else? The um, the trench coat mafia part of it, where the media completely honed in on this trench coat mafia and they're the evilest of people. And in actual fact, they're a bunch of nerds who mm-hmm. played Doom. 
who <laughs> and they weren't even part of that crew and um, they didn't even participate with them at all <laughs> and it, I, that's why I don't particularly like it now but I, I'm kind of backtracking on myself because I get <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get what I get at the time why it was, it was like. I, th- I think I think at the time before. it was Michael Moore's sensationalism opinion, where he had his own agenda that he was trying to um, he, oh, oh, to do his own thing, which comes across massively in that film. Oh, um, I heard, that's what the story was because yeah. when what the media did when after the shooting took place, the media went straight to these traumatized children who had just been through an experience they never in the, their hundred years thought they would go through and said, tell us about these boys, who are they? And, the, and yeah. they, just, they just started spewing shite because they had no idea mm-hmm. of what to say. And that became the narrative, that became the yeah. story. That's probably, why I, yeah, that's probably why I wouldn't class Bullen. Like, I know in, in a theory, uh, Bullen of Columbine is a true crime in a, in a, in a way, but I don't, wouldn't class it that way as, a, as again, it's, yeah. when, it's like framed in true crime. Exactly. It's like Michael Moore wanting to make a film and say, right, this is going to be my topic. This is where I'm going to pander towards. This is my agenda. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to use these elements. And um, that's why I never really got on board with that. But um, going back to what Michaela said, again, what uh, the OJ Simpson one, the, one I watched quite, not recently, it was a few years ago, was uh, the American Crime Story. Um, oh, yeah. From the makers yeah. of American Horror Story, uh, where they had Cuba Gooding Jr. playing uh, OJ. I thought that was well done and had uh, David Schwimmer as, like, yeah. as a lawyer. The, the one actor in there who did not look like the person he was meant to be playing was Cuba Gooding Jr. as OJ because <laughs> the rest of them looked like they were the people that were meant to be playing. Oh. John Travolta was completely transformed. It was scary. Oh. But it was interesting like to see how the prosecution saw this as a slam dunk. And then everything went on and it kind of fucked up. And good. And it was interesting to see that aspect. So that's why I like that part. But I will, I will keep an eye out for that one. That one sounds a bit it, interesting. It's on Disney, Paul, at the moment. It is honestly it's worth your time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's on BBC too. I could be yeah, wrong there. Yeah, but it is, it's definitely worth your time. Cool. Um, yeah. My favourite yeah. documentary will always be the one that really got us... Because like, I, I like crime. I always have done. I've been fascinated ever since I remember picking up a Jack the Ripper book mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Because I don't know if Michaela knows this. My dad actually is interested in Jack the Ripper. Or used to be back in the day. And he had a Jack the no, Ripper book. I didn't book. know that. <laughs> I picked it up. Oh, yeah. That and... Um, what is it? The Last Crusade. <laughs> the, um, the looking for the oh, the Crusades. He was he was he used to be interested in that, um, and I was fascinated then. But Paradise Lost was the first documentary. I think the second one was out by the time I'd seen the the first one. Mm-hmm. So the second one really explains the impact of the first one, because mm-hmm. the first one is a documentary crew who. The guy who has made some choice choice decisions over the last couple of years, um, especially with the Ted Bundy documentary that he did. Um, but the Paradise Lost one was him. The first one was them going into this small town of three kids who were arrested and charged for the murder of another three children. And it was down to it was it was around the satanic panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't for this documentary crew we would never have known who the West Memphis Three were. 
um, Damien Eccles would most likely be dead now, you know, because these small towns have a tendency for doing shit like this and getting away with it. And this documentary made sure that didn't happen. Now, the second and third one are quite problematic mm-hmm. because some narratives get put in They there. do what they did to them? Okay. <laughs> they do. They point the finger at people. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what the, the, that town did to them kids. He did, mm-hmm. yeah. Mark Byers becomes your villain in the second documentary because they, they pin... The, Mark Byers is a very um, complex person and if you ever get a chance to read The Devil's Knot, it explains how complex this person actually is. And he becomes a focal point because he has a bit of a sketchy background. Mm-hmm. And it is what Michaela says. They do to him what him the town did to these three boys. <laughs> and in actual fact, what they should have been doing is looking at someone completely different. And West of Memphis, they focus on that. So there's two documentaries of the West Memphis Three. There's Paradise yeah. Lost. And then there's um, West of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And West of Memphis is fantastic because it shows you the work that went into getting these guys out. Because they yeah. weren't kids when they got out. And they went into a plea, which has only ever been done once, which is called mm-hmm. an Alfred plea, um, where they basically have to admit that they did this crime in mm-hmm. order to get out of jail. Right. It's backwards. It really is backwards. But it got a man off death row. Yeah. And they're still to this day, to this day, are still fighting for, because DNA, um, that they want testing, which was going to be part of the retrial, because if these guys went to retrial, which they were planning on to before the Alfred plea, they would have walked off, and the state of Arkansas would have actually had to pay them a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And the DNA they wanted to test was destroyed in a fire, and they are fighting over this. Are you moving about, Michaela? I thought my dog was upstairs. <laughs> Went to go see if he was there. He was not. <laughs> no, I remember this one because I think um, with, like I say, the people we used to hang about with, like Sam, we used to be like part of the alternative crowd. So it kind of yeah. hit home um, when this first came out because it was quite relatable. Not to say mm. that we were ever chastised and accused of murder and stuff like it's that. Bloody greebles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just because we were a bit different, we probably were looked at a bit differently or treated a little bit differently to the norm or what people yeah. expect as the norm. But um, yeah, like I say, it is a quite a harrowing story of like what could have happened and what still does happen in American justice systems. Um, like today, just because... Um, even if you're deemed or don't have enough evidence, they can always say that circumstantial evidence isn't really a big thing in some of the counties. It's yeah. like, it's what a judge or 12 people can be misled to yeah. believe if that, that's the scary thing as well. That's why that's I will never terrible. create a criminal crime or go anywhere where I could be potentially implicated in a crime in but America. I'll, I'll, stay away from, um, I'll stay away from small towns in America, mm-hmm. but West of, West of Memphis is a more compact um, documentary. I mean, Paradise Lost, the first one, is just phenomenal um, because it's, it's given you the information that you need. Mm-hmm. The second and the third one, I just wouldn't bother because it is, like I say, it's very problematic. But mm. Western Memphis shows it's a good you... like hmm? roundup, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. Uh -huh. And it, show, it actually, it, it shows you the people who were actually involved because that Paradise Lost don't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we know the likes, if you know the case, then you know that Johnny Depp was involved to a degree, but, and they used him as a focal point where in actual fact, it was Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh who were the main... Um, and Eddie Vedder, thank and you. Eddie, the beautiful Eddie Vedder, <laughs> who says one of the most harrowing statements in that documentary when he was, he said, he said something like, "I was thirty odd year when I was thirty odd year old when this when this happened," and I assumed we, you know, a couple of years later would be out and you know laughing and you know would, you know things will be happy, and then I'm I'm nearly fifty and we're still here. Yeah, but he's proper funny in it because he's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I'm Eddie Vedder." I'm gonna get them out. <laughs> like, oh, so was it a bit you like crack on with them, lovely? Was it a bit like Paul lovely, lovely <laughs> Gascoigne turning up with, the, with his fishing rod and a bit? And a, <laughs> oh my god! That's and his bit of chicken. <laughs> but, uh, his chicken and his four tinnies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Morty, I know you. I know Morty is me mate. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think west of memphis is definitely a better one if you if you are interested in the west memphis three um is definitely a better one to look into because it, it goes into it just it tells you it tells you what you need to what you need to know as opposed to what a documentary film crew are trying to put out mm -hmm. there and okay. i mean i never used to i never used to feel like that of the, the paradise lost ones but it's it's, a, it's one of them things it's when you see it at the time but it's with, with, as, as Michaela said, with documentaries, it's what they're showing you, what they want to show you. I think a lot mm -hmm. with the recent one as well, like a making a mur murderer, they were showing oh, one, uh, yeah, <laughs> one side of you. I could never get into it, but it was one side of you on, a, on an aspect where they were leaving out so much. So again, it depends on on what the person who's giving you the film wants you to see yeah. at the end of the day. But um. No, that's a good one. I, I, I say I, I always think about re going back to that one, but I, I keep looking at it and thinking it's it's gone. It's it's the time has passed for me. Yeah, that one, I think. you know, there's an ending really too. Mm. Yeah, we, but we it, got out before before you go into yours, Paul. Um, <laughs> West of Memphis is directed by Amy J. Berg, mm -hmm. and one of the best. I think, like, I think like obviously we're we're talking about like you know films and that and a lot of like documentaries are made by women mm -hmm. so I just want to give a little shout out because there's two that I love and Amy J. Berg one of them and she Amy. does Deliver Us From Evil <laughs> which is a, a lovely documentary about paedophilia in um, the Catholic Church um, An Open Secret again Peter in Hollywood. Absolutely, the open secret absolutely broke yeah. me as a human being. Like, I've, me and Anth both, we were watching it and we were like, right, we need to, we need to put, Deliver Us From Evil did the same. Like, it was, it's heartbreaking, but Amy is so good at getting to the nitty gritty of it, like, and really getting people's true feelings on it. There's no bullshit in our documentaries and the way she styles them are perfect to follow as well. I, Love that woman. She also did a Janice Joplin documentary just to lighten the mood up a bit. <laughs> I don't think the mood's going to be that happy and jolly. Yeah. This time of I'm, not I'm not expecting to talk about the Goonies of this this week, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, in fact, next in because my love of, let's say, true crime, 
I've always been interested, but I've never been like say, a huge fan where I've delved deep into them. If, if there's something that interested is, I've always, um, like I said, oh, I'll watch about it. Probably since I've been with uh, uh, Nick that I've been watching more. Now, my favourite one was a really weird one. It was It's quite recent as well. It was only in 2018. Um, it was a four-parter on Netflix that came out. It was called Evil Genius. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so good. Um, it shocked us as well because the footage they use, I'd never thought that in a million years they would actually show what they did. So basically the premise yeah. of this was basically um, this poor pizza delivery guy got a bomb strapped around his neck and was told to go and rob a bank. And the, p- the police stopped him and, uh, like I say, told him he couldn't go. And he was like saying, I've got a timer. I've got to go and deliver this thing or to get this uh, bomb off my neck. It's going to explode. They didn't believe him. And what happens? The bomb goes off and blows his head off. And it and the footage yeah. is actually in the documentary. And it's a horror. And I never thought I would actually they would show it. I thought they would have cut away oh. or d- just explain it. Well, don't- don't watch the beginning of Paradise Lost then, because you see the you see that um, the first two seconds Kids, of Paradise yeah. Lost is the crime scene with the boys. Mm-hmm. You see the boys. No, no, but the, yeah, no, but you actually see the element in motion. You see the explosion. You see the, the guys get blown off. Yeah, in the actual <laughs> documentary, which like thing, and it was all orchestrated by this very weird and psychotic One. woman who had these two men like obsess over and do all these things. Um, so she physically like was a Charles Manson type um, like approach where she used a womanly wiles, shall we say, to uh, to get these two blokes <laughs> to to do a bidding and do a ways. And this poor bloke who was a delivery driver, I think they said he had uh, special needs as well, bless him. Um, and they took advantage of him and they knew of him because they hung out together and they, they, they wouldn't class them as friends. They were just like saying, oh, they would always have this guy around. So they ordered a pizza. The guy turned up and they strapped this bomb around his neck and, and told him, like, when they went back and they tried to re-case it, there was actually, like, a, a clues, like, where to go for this guy. So he had to go to a certain place to get one key that would release part of the bomb and that would give him an extra 20 minutes or so to get to the other part to, to release the second part. It was so evil like to the word evil and like cleverly done but it was like something you've seen in a film that you've never yeah. you never think it was real life and i know it's american all americans are batshit crazy at, at some points but um the i'm sure they'd love to hear no, that our american <laughs> listeners by the way <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, i've seen the comments on the facebook group they're all batshit crazy don't worry <laughs> But the woman that was then, her name was Marjorie, I believe. And um, I think, like, from a, a younger days, she was a quite att- attractive woman. But, um, I d- and I think, like, see, I'm trying to go, like, recall it as well. In one of the episodes, they actually killed one of her ex, uh, ex-boyfriend who was uh, mean to her, and they found her in the, in the freezer. And that was how they actually caught two of the other blokes who was involved. But it was just bizarre. And the whole build-up and, like, like the whole idea of it, of getting like thinking they could get away with it as well. That that that's that was the mindset. I was like, if I was going to rob a bank, that would not be the way I would do it. Like, say, not saying I planned it, but it just it was just horrible in the ways I've never experienced. But I could not stop watching it. But with what I don't like about most true crime documentaries, the repeat stuff over and over again. You get the same information, the same type of. Um, 
person who comes on and says the same thing. Like I found that with the Ted Bundy stuff lately that it's just a oh, rehash. We'll get into of, them. We'll yeah. get into them. <laughs> yeah, it's just a rehash of information that we've known we don't need to know about. It's not really factual, but this was all new stuff. Like each episode was given a new thing that leading it down a different path. That's why I found it was like so intriguing and quite interesting. And it was a perspective I've never seen. Now, other one, again, I know I'm cheating by saying two. The other one was uh, The Night Stalker with the, uh, Richard Ramirez. But the reason I liked the Netflix one, the recent one that they did, it wasn't from the killer's perspective. It was from the two cops who was investigating the murder. And mm-hmm. it was showing what they went through, what they did. And that element, that side, that's what I liked. It was new information. It wasn't just glorifying the killer, which a lot of these uh, true crimes things do, which, I, again, I doesn't always sit well with me, which, again, it shouldn't because I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> but um, I like seeing other people's perspectives and seeing what they went through. That's more interesting to me than knowing what was going on with the serial killer. Yeah. 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 Well, first, first up is the Evil Genius one. Mm. I remember one night the 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 nights when me and Stephen used to flip flip and watch all these crime stuff, seeing that like on a list somewhere. But all it was is that this guy got a bomb strapped of him and died, and that was mm. it. Yeah. Like no one knew anything else from it. So when mm. this documentary came out, I was like, oh shit, there's an ending to this story. Like yeah. I never knew that there was an ending. So that was really cool. Um, in a crazy horrible way, and um, the Richard Ramirez one. This is this is when my nerdism is like on high alert. It's because they have talked many times mm-hmm. about them all the time, and to me, it's kind of the same thing. Like mm-hmm. we can get into it <laughs> about um, like the victims of fucking got nothing to do with them but it's the same thing it's the same egotistical thing like yeah it's not the serial killer but it's on these police officers and yes of course they are not like they're not the killer but it's still this ego of like look what I did and it's like well mm. maybe we should pay more respect for the people that he tortured and murdered mm. yeah let, oh, let no. me put myself on the back a few times yeah uh, the Richard Ramirez one it was the only interesting part because obviously I've I've read books on Richard Ramirez I've listened to podcasts on him I feel like there's nothing more that I would need to know the only one bit I never knew was how the um the community came together and that's how he was caught yeah yeah I didn't know that bit I did not know was that the community came together and he was caught that way it was beat the shit out of him as well (laughs) (laughs) as you would as you would shall we shall we go into the problematic parts of these true crime documentaries because i feel that that richard ramirez one kind of leads into it nicely yeah the only thing as well i thought was quite interesting about the richard ramirez was the hotel he stayed at uh, was based on uh like i said american horror story uh hotel and was um sicily or sicily i don't know how they pronounce it over there sicily and the cecil i think it was called but it was basically the hot it was the hot it was the hotel where the the yeah, the young well, we'll get, it, we'll, we'll get into that one as well because I have some thoughts on that one too. I mean, when we say we'll get into it, we'll never talk about any of yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's out, bye. I'm going to get into it right now because this is one of my major pet hates on true crime. Like, I love true crime documentaries because you are getting fact of a case. Mm-hmm. That's it. The, people can give their opinions. I totally get that. This is this. The, 
I don't want to say the fun part of it, but the, the interesting part of true crime is giving your thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. on what you believe could have happened. What I cannot fucking stand is internet sleuths. Yeah. yeah. I hate these people. And the Elisa Lam documentary that they did on the Cecil Hotel proved my point to how dangerous these yeah. people actually are. Very dangerous. They did go to yeah. stupid lengths that like they went to, like, especially like when the timing, like the, the hotel, like the elevator going down and stuff like that, saying it was impossible. This has been tampered with. Because again, you, you're messing with people's lives by putting that shit out there. Exactly. Uh, that mm-hmm. poor guy, that poor guy who is very different himself anyway, who would have gotten criticism because just because of the way he looked, mm-hmm. then gets harassed and hounded to the point where, you know, he's suicidal because these people, these fucking idiots have decided he did this. Mm-hmm. This is, and you've got no evidence, nothing to back that up with. Just yeah. your thoughts and opinions have managed to get this man to a point where he's he's on the verge of killing himself because of what you're doing. But now, the Lisa Lam one. Do you not think that's a little bit of human nature as well? Because I think everyone's always had that element. If you even go back to the Salem witch trials, pointing at a woman, because I think there's a witch burner. But again, oh, no, it's, it's something that's absolutely. a bit different and not fitting into their pattern and, and fits into what they think could be their narrative. Exactly. No, that, you're right. You're exactly right. It's exactly the same thing. It's just done on a more dangerous level because it's more accessible to everyone else now. Their yeah. opinions can get out there to more people. Um, the Elisa Lam case is 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 heartbreaking. It is quite strange, but it, it all it, and I said this. I said this many years ago. She was bipolar. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's having an episode when she's in that elevator. Yeah. Um, she managed to climb up to there. She probably thought, saw water, thought to herself, I'm going to go for a swim. She took her clothes off. She mm-hmm. put them on the side. She jumped in. And that roof was actually left open. Yeah. There's no, there's no, nothing <laughs> mysterious yeah. about it to where someone's done it. I know it, there's some yeah. weird, freaky circumstances on it. Yeah. I think um, I think that's the whole you know like going back it's a bit of a long thing of like um, exorcisms and yeah. stuff like that and like the ghost stuff and where they're just yeah. like oh it's this and the ex like and it's just like this is kind of just puts that mm-hmm. narrative in like a modern day perspective of like oh it's creepy and that and it's like yeah. well no this woman had mental health issues yeah. that's exactly. it no, but that's, that's, exactly that, but that's not a story. That's not interesting for people. No, so that's, it's not. It's, it's, that, that's, it's why, not. that's why it leads to that. But, um, there was, yeah. there was yeah. one thing of these internet sleuths that really got, got me to the point where I, I felt, honestly, I felt like throwing something off me telly. One <laughs> of them turned around and said, well, I don't believe that she would have not taken our medication. The fuck do you know? <laughs> what the fuck do you know of this person? who You don't know her personally enough to know that she wouldn't not or take her medication. Mm. Like, yeah. oh my god, it infuriates us. That's the, the problem. Though, because, the... like I say, everyone's got an opinion on it, and everyone likes to think mm-hmm. that they're smarter than everyone else. That's the problem. Um, yeah, we, everyone... we've listened to serial. We know our shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we. So you, I know Sam hasn't watched this, and I, I don't know if you watched it, Paul. But um, I don't know if you've seen Don't Fuck with Cat. I can't watch it. Yeah, so I watched it and honestly I couldn't watch them things. They were horrible. Mm. I had my um partner like go, What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, 
Um, but there's a there's a bit in it again with this whole editing and telling the story and telling what story you want to tell. It's that they just they just brush over because again, if you've not seen it, it's about these videos of mm-hmm. this guy killing cats and mm-hmm. he also does other stuff. Like I think he tortures a dog and it's just and then he murders a person. Um, filmed it all and these internet sleuths actually successfully find him and then he gets mm-hmm. taken away and all this stuff. Yeah, it's. It is interesting. Don't get us wrong. You know, your 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 voyeurism comes out of it, but they completely brush under the rug that they found somebody. Were like, that's him. He did it, and he killed himself. Yeah. They just completely brush it under the rug. Like, oh well, sorry. And, and it's probably, like that's yeah. why this thing is so dangerous. Yeah. So you are not a detective. No. You are not smart. No. You're a dick on a computer like everybody else mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, like I say with the internet now being so accessible everyone can be involved and like if you point a vic- uh, that type of thing pointed at you is hard to wipe off the internet as well because in, in every corner like if you go to a job interview and like most places now search your name so if it comes up that you've been accused of murder or accused of a crime that's mm-hmm never going to go away that never will disappear at that point no it doesn't it ruins people's lives it's it's no different than these idiots who go out of their way to feeling that they're just as warriors because they are catching these pedophiles yeah they have no idea what work is going on behind the scenes Hmm. that they could they take one person out of a, a potential ring that ring's broken and they did that and they don't give a shit because they feel that they are doing justice on this one person when in actual fact the police have probably got a team on who are working against thousands of them but the problem yeah. i've got with that, that yeah the problem I've, the problem i've got with that as well it's not just the person fair enough it's not just the person rightly or wrongly the person who they've got shouldn't is 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 guilty but uh-huh. in the broadcast them picture, it's not just that person's picture that affects, it's the family in the yeah. background. It's basically yeah. the people that they don't know about because no one, like say, even like say living in Sunland, I've seen people's windows being put out. I've seen people being attacked, just being, yeah. for being accused for that type of thing as well. And people's families don't deserve that. I know that when the police do catch people who do these things rightly, they do it in a way where it's, not broadcast around and the families can like say live their lives because it's not fair on them they're not uh, supporting them yeah. they're not part of that that's that's the aspect i really find disgusting about that type of uh, uh, element yeah it's disgusting yeah. um throwing it back to um documentaries there's a documentary called the pharmacist that's on netflix mm-hmm. and it's kind of a bit like that it's about this this pharmacist who um loses his child he gets murdered from an, on a drugs deal um and then, like, he, he comes, like, a sleuth in himself, but, like, mm. in, like, in his community. And mm. he's like, this is happening here, this is happening here. Mm. And the police are actually doing investigations behind yeah. the scenes, like, the FBI are doing mm-hmm. this. And he, they're, they're just, because he can't say anything, mm-hmm. they're just like, well, got it. <laughs> like, yeah. Leave it be. Stop. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking because it's just a, a, a father who wants to yeah. have mm. justice for his son and other people like that, and you just like you can't like you can't do this like it's very frustrating yeah. but no, it no, is I, a what i would say it's worth a watch cool completely agree so yeah it, it's quite interesting that you say with um all these internet sleuths out there and as stuff um funny enough uh, it's not a 
true crime documentary, but I've started watching it even sure. Um, like I say, I've been telling everyone about because it's absolutely brilliant. But the whole premise is um, these three characters live in a building, an apartment building, and they're obsessed with true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. And then there's a murder in the building. And the three of them come together to try and solve this uh, murder and do their own podcast. And it's called Only Murders in the Building. It stars uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena. I know what that's about. I'm going to watch that when I go home. Me and Anne are going to watch it. It's a few episodes in now, but it's absolutely it's brilliant. I thought it was just going to be a stupid, daft comedy, but it actually is quite graphic and serious. There's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of f bombs get thrown about, and uh, Steve Martin. It's the best thing I've ever seen. I've seen him in in a long time. He's playing a quite a serious role, and he's playing oh, a, that's good. a little bit Steve of a sad Martin. character. And Martin Short back together again is mm-hmm. just is just a, a duel made in heaven. Really, I can't mm-hmm. wait. Me and Anthony gonna when I go home, I'm home mm-hmm. next week, and um, me and Anthony gonna sit and watch it because I'm generally looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But there's as much as I hate internet sleuths with a mm-hmm. fucking passion, and um, there is a really good true crime documentary called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's a six part yeah. documentary series. I've watched the series. I've read the book. Um, it's, it's all about the Golden State Killer. <laughs> um, the book is the, the book is something else. Like, I, I'm a slow reader. I was mm-hmm. reading that slow because of how detailed it is. The documentary. Did you put put it in the freezer? At some point, I probably did because it was just it took it took a lot out of us. Um, it's all about it's all about the golden circular and it is the work that um are we assuming people Mm? know who the golden state killer is the golden state killer um targeted the golden state and he was given that name by the woman who really took the took the initiative to research Mm -hmm. not sleuth but research. She was a journalist. She was a journalist. And she was Dr. <laughs> McNamara. He was the wife of Patton Oswald. Um, she was a true crime writer. She had a blog um, that got turned into a news article like a, a, in the New York Times or something, which led mm. to her book yeah. that she was writing on the case that she'd been following of a, a, a serial, mm. it's awful, it was a serial rapist. I don't believe he killed anyone. I think he killed two people. Did he? He definitely killed someone. I, I could I'll, I'll be. I'll hold my hands up. I've tried watching this documentary. It's too. Slow. It's hard. It's too it's slow. Hard. It's too slow going from from mine. It's, it's just. I, it's I, hard. I, I, I couldn't couldn't go through it as well. Um. So yeah, he was. He targeted women. Um. And eventually moved into couples as well. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. He was like. A, he was almost like a night stalker in a way because he always hit at night. And he's mm-hmm. more. He's. They say he was, it was very strange because he tracked the house like his own. Yeah. Like he would come in, he would eat out the refrigerator. And mm. if there was a couple in there, he would put the husband mm. on his front with plates stacked on his back yeah. and told him, if, you know, your wife's dead, basically, if, you, if these plates smash. And mm-hmm. um, he, would, he would whisper. Yeah. He would disguise his voice. So he would, he would like whisper in a, in a weird way to them. And, um, there was a, a town hall meeting because obviously it was it started what in the seventies, mm-hmm. and he was, so, only, yeah. he was only caught a couple of years ago, um, but he he would they, there was a town hall meeting and 
all these men were like, well, if this guy came into my house, I would do this, that, and the other. The guy who got up and said that was attacked not a couple of days later. Mm. He was in that town hall meeting. He heard every fucking word that was saying about him because I believe he was a policeman. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah, he was. Um, but Michelle investigated and she worked with the police. Mm-hmm. She didn't go out of her way to, to, to halt an investigation or to, she just wanted to help. And she was getting this information. Um, unfortunately, Michelle passed away before she could ever find out that um, he was caught. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, the book is just phenomenal. I have, in all honesty, I try to block a lot of it out because it is yeah, pretty really hard. Hard yeah. one to, to read. Um, I thought the Columbine book was hard. That was just, it was on mm-hmm. another level. The documentary mm-hmm. eases what in actual fact the work she put into it. Yeah. So I'm, I have a lot of respect for the likes of Michelle McNamara than I do for these internet dickheads who put themselves into investigations mm-hmm. when they have no idea. Like Michelle yeah. knew what she could and couldn't do. I, I, no, but I think there's a difference. Um, like say, cause I like say there's everyone likes to think they're a detective in a way and everyone likes to think they'll work things out. It's when people put themselves in a position where they're hindering the situation or hindering uh, the investigation. That's where, in my opinion, it becomes dangerous. But like I say, if you've got information or if you've worked something out and then mm-hmm. passing that information on or helping, I think that that's the differentiate you can make. Um, but again, I can understand like the viewpoints for a lot of people. Like again, the morbid curiosity of of it all. It can be engro- like en- enticing to to be involved to that level, uh, and to think that you're smart enough to to catch a serial killer. It's like it, it's it's one of like. Like I know it's a comedy show, but Jake Peralta type thing. He's always yeah. wanted to catch a serial killer. So, and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. But um, my biggest problem again, I, I, I've always felt uncomfortable. I think Hollywood does it worse, and it's there's been a big change in it in what I've seen in UK like true crime UK documentaries, where mm-hmm. it's instead of glory like America is all about glory glory like glorifying the killers. Like they had mm-hmm. uh, fucking uh, Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. I'm, I know everyone said Ted Bundy was attractive, but he was never that good looking. Um, <laughs> Don't get started. <laughs> oh, get started. Get started. What do you need? I, I want to talk about. I'm, I'm waiting my turn. Paul is not finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I say, with the American style, it kind of glorifies the murderers, and it's a side note that the victims are. I know recently with the British ones that there's two been two big ones that I've watched recently where it actually give you the, the victim's viewpoint and actually had victims in. One was Des, uh, the, the Des, Dennis Neil, Nielsen one, not the David Tennant uh, dramatisation, the actual uh, one I think was on Channel 4 where they had uh, victims that survived or families of the victims given their accounts rather See, than... Say, I'd be interested in watching that because Dennis Nielsen really grinds my gears. He is one of these who, it's almost like he did it for the infamy. Just like, and he loves to, and he loves to talk. I think like, that was afterwards. I think after he, because I think the, the, 
from what I've watched, like not to like he obviously had problems, but I think it was more he didn't like to be alone and he hated people leaving him. That was the element where it, that was the element that no, because he get the kept because he always kept the bodies with him for a few days afterwards. So that was one of the aspects. That was one of the aspects, but the other one, um, which was the I know it's been done to death, but the rivers, but it went back and showed how poor and how shit the police were treating these oh. women uh, because they were a certain element of what they believed to be prostitutes. That they, Are you talking uh, about the one that was on the BBC? Um, I, I don't know if it was the BBC it's or called, IT. It's called the Yorkshire Ripper Files, uh, the crime story or something. I, absolutely, I really enjoyed that one. Because mm, it went back and showed elements like, from the families, again, of the victims. And what the what the killing ha- what impact it had on them, that's the story that they should have been told, not because, and it shone light <laughs> on how bad these middle aged, puffed up um, men viewed women, and it really did upset us. And I know I'm like I say I'm a middle aged uh, chubby white guy. Uh, <laughs> thinking about that, like I said, probably in the same dramatic as what the police were back then, but the way they just just, just, just never even th- give them a second thought, all oh, the prostitutes, they deserved it. That, yeah. that was just horrible. Mm-hmm. Paul, mm-hmm. you're ringing my bell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, right, I'm going to Go for it. <laughs> right. So I have been a big crime fan forever and ever and ever, as much as I remember. And um, was like morbidly obsessing, but loved serial killers. Like, was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Um, I have even gone a step further, and I'll admit it because I fully do not agree with it anymore. Is that I've bought like Murderbilia before, mm-hmm. so I bought an image from a guy who like killed like uh, this this um celebrity, um. And now I totally don't agree with it. This is when I was a lot younger mm-hmm. and I I just like I had this obsession and it's not until recently and I don't know if it's just because I'm uh, older now in my 30s and I was just like I I can't like uh, this just doesn't it, I just can't I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't feel right type thing. It doesn't yeah feel, so yeah. like so in my work so I work in the arts Mm -hmm. and at the minute I'm doing an exhibition all about femicide Mm -hmm. so femicide is the murdering of women by men Mm -hmm. now I've been doing a lot of feminist issues and that in my work for years for years now and this one just and honestly I just started it this year just it just like knocked it all in the place of just like I can't watch these documentaries anymore and it's because it's so glorified of this one person. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are women there are women serial killers. I do understand this. Um and it just kind of puts in the it just breeds that misogyny of these women and like as you just said, because that documentary was brilliant. And I, I I think we should have these documentaries, but mm-hmm. change the narrative. Mm-hmm. As that that York that one on um BBC, the the one the Yorkshire files that I don't think it's called that, but um, first of all, directed by women, mm-hmm. for like and telling the stories of these women. Like I didn't even know like the in it. So like they had like 
women getting murdered. Women, yeah. even if they were prostitutes, they weren't even prostitutes. It's just so much easier to say the prostitutes. Even the, the Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. um, there's a book I've got downstairs, I think it's called Five Women. Not prostitutes. They had lives. They had families. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and that one, that that documentary, which is not on the BBC anymore. I don't know where you can find it, but it's so friggin' good of how you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. It's shown like the racism in the 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 police case too, because there was mm-hmm. a black woman who came out first and said, "I got hit by the head. He looks like this, and he's got a Yorkshire accent." Well, for how many years were they looking for a Macam? Yeah, because of them tears. Yeah, and Stan. when they had they had a view from a woman, but because she was black, a woman, and I think mm-hmm. she also had learning difficulties from that. They were just like, nah, mm-hmm. not not paying attention. How we're going to pay attention to this tape, and yeah. just destroyed lives because of this. And the thing is, with it, they have started, and I can't stop now. Is <laughs> that they had the they had these reclaim the streets nights. Because yeah. we were told you can't go out, like you can't we're go out. That, we're having that these days as well, though. That's the thing. Exactly. That was <laughs> the seventies. Yeah, we're still having that now. And again, I'm not going to hold my hands up and say I understand what you're going through because I'll never understand. Like, I I worry when, like, say, my wife goes on a night out, and I always say, get a taxi home. Uh, if she's getting a bus home, I'll wait at the bus stop till she gets off the bus. Yeah. I shouldn't have to do that because I don't expect Nick to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's fright. That, that shouldn't be in this day and age. And I think as a, as a, as a bloke, it's, I, I'll never get into that mindset where you are worried about, except that, that, that's upsetting. I'll admit it. It upsets me to think that we still live yeah. in a world where that's yeah. still not okay. Yeah, we- you st- exactly. that's, you, you, that, there's a chance that you might not wait, make it home on a night out just because of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this poor, poor lassie who's just died last Friday, mm-hmm. uh, they're giving out fucking rape alarms like to people, and it's like they don't do anything. No. What are they going to do? Yeah. No, we, um, we had an incident at my workplace years ago where women were getting attacked outside of my work. Mm-hmm. My work gave us a rape alarm. Mm-hmm. was using a security guard to escort us to the car park because we had two car we have two car parks the main one and we have one which is a bit of a distance and actually to get to the car park is a a dirt road that is has no lights in it whatsoever and um, this rape alarm that my work gave me and I know what they were doing and it's, it was fun it was good at the time but this rape alarm was this big <laughs> and you had to pull the top off to put the top underneath, to then spray something, to then pull it out to put the alarm on. And it's like, I might as well have just thrown it at them. But we were taught taught at a young age how to hold our keys in a position that could could do damage. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't have to do that. But pulling it back to like documentaries and that, it just feeds into this fetishization yes i said that word very well <laughs> of, um, Better than i can pronounce it don't worry <laughs> of um these like myths and monsters kind of thing and it's like yeah. no these were boring ass people mm-hmm. who maybe had possible mental health issues yes that's a different uh, argument no, in in itself yeah. in case but it, it shouldn't be we should tell the stories but like that documentary 
yeah. something a bit different. And I know like the Dennis, the they've done a Dennis Nielsen one. It was more the the one with um David Tennant and mm-hmm. where they were like, well, we're talking about the victims and that. I didn't personally see that when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, the David Tennant one, that, that was all about his performance as Dennis Nielsen. Yeah, yeah I think definitely. it was Channel 4 or Channel 5 ran, ran a documentary simultaneously with the Dennis Nielsen one and it had mm-hmm. the victims on. The victim, like one of the victims' wi- uh, wives at the time had an argument, kicked him out, said, Don't come back. And he never did because mm-hmm. he ran into Dennis Nielsen on, uh, when he was uh, out. Yeah. Sorrows away. Um, that was the aspects that was quite interesting. Like, yeah, don't get us wrong. I did enjoy the David Tennant performance because no way did David Tennant portray Dennis Nielsen in any good light at all. It was quite sinister, and as mm-hmm. it was, it felt probably more like a horror film than uh, yeah. a true crime. But yeah. and, and honestly, just don't, don't get us wrong. You watch those true crimes, like the mm. the interest and in, you want to get in the mind of people, like in that. But mm. they re- it's just like they really have to. Mm-hmm. Be like these families are still still around. Yeah, and they've got to live through still there. The, as well, the, yeah. yeah, and like you're watching fucking the seventeenth million Ted Bundy bloody documentary, yeah. and yes, he was so fucking unattractive. I don't get this thing. Like, oh, he's so attractive. It's like really. <laughs> he wasn't like say he wasn't, um, he wasn't just, as clever as he made out as well. Though that's the that's the thing no, that always made him out to be this most intelligent person. It's that he was a white man yeah. <laughs> who can talk properly. Mm-hmm. Who had some intelligence you can get away with it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he had a bit of intelligence about him and unfortunately it backfired. Yeah. The Ted Bundy documentary that came out, the the, uh, the Joe the Ber- uh, Berginger who did the... Um, there was, the tapes, of, there was the tapes of Ted Bundy and the tapes of Charles Manson that got released recently and literally it was just the same stuff that we've heard over the last 10 years. I'm not over, over and over and over again. Yeah. Manson, Manson does not interest me anymore. Yeah. After reading Helter Skelter, mm-hmm. um, I never want to. I never want to watch or listen to anything yeah. to do with Charles Manson again. Um, but the Ted Bundy documentary was so, it, and even the film mm-hmm. glamorized. No, I didn't watch it. So yeah. much. Don't watch it. It had me. The only bit that was interesting was the last ten minutes where it saw where you see a psychotic break in him. Yeah. You see the actual person he is as opposed to this glamour. And I know it's from the point of view of his ex-girlfriend. I totally get that. But that no, but that gets lost in that film, I think. It's oh, supposed to be a oh, point of view, but it, it's all about Zach Efron and being uh, Ted Bundy. Uh, yeah. But um as well, another one that I recently watched thought was going to be a different take, um, because um, I did find the killing at the time quite interesting. The Son of Sam's uh, documentary on Netflix was oh, the biggest pile of boring. They did not. They didn't even get into the fact that the David Berkowitz may potentially not have been the guy who did it, but might have or could have been the guy who did it, and there were other people involved. They didn't even. They just solely focused on David Berkowitz because he said, "My dog." told me to do this <laughs> but that, but, yeah but that was like i said that was just repeated over and over and that's a lot of the like say you get these talking heads on these documentaries as well that give their opinions and stuff um but like i say i think hollywood at the moment are over glamorizing i know we're getting all the other ones that's coming out of the woodwork now like again 
Um, I've just seen Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, with Jeffrey Dahmer's coming out. Um, Dahmer is someone who has not, I've never touched the surface on ever, ever. Mm -hmm. Never touched it. And I don't know if it's because mm -hmm. I can't get it. Because you don't like cannibalism? <laughs> I don't want, I don't, I don't like cannibalism, but I've never been able to watch we it. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten the, um, the, you know, the one you watch, Michaela, the, the files, the Dharma files. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've never been able to find a copy of that to watch, and I don't want to watch anything other than that. I don't mm. want to. No, Netflix. No. Nah. I think it was. But I'm not sure. You, it's almost, no, I, if it is, I've, I've not seen it, but I've never been able to find a, a copy of it. I don't mm. want to go mm. on a deep dive of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. One, capitalism freaks us out. Mm -hmm. majorly um and two it's a lot yeah. there's, there's so much yeah but what i was just about to say as well what, uh, yeah what i was about to say as well but what, what i know the big one during lockdown was the fucking tiger king which again i could not get away with they are actually bringing out the second a second season that's coming out soon the tiger king too which Can't is wait. oh so come what, on how hideous it come is on. again <laughs> It's it's a funny one that one because honestly I did like I'll I'll put my hands up I completely enjoyed it but the mm. more again it's this thing with me like the more I think about it I'm like they just completely exploited a lot of broken yeah. drug addict people and like yeah. the only thing, the only little good thing I can think of coming of it is um a bit more um uh, highlight on like animal, animal abuse. Crudy, yeah. Abuse? Yeah. Yeah. You totally forget about that while you're watching this documentary. You totally forget that all these animals are being completely and utterly abused mm -hmm. and neglected and oh, it, it's awful. Yeah. You focus so much on Joe Exotic that you, you forget the actual underlining mm -hmm. of what the documentary is about. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just feeding these poor bastards with meth and like not even mentioning it in the documentary. No, no, no. But I do think the like the UK uh, side of things are doing it a little bit better these days. Like I, I think Michaela mentioned at the very start, like Britain's uh, most evil. Um, I know it's probably on the seventh season or something now. It does highlight a few ones that you probably would never have heard of or British crimes. Crimes that shook Britain. Yeah, like, like, like stuff like that. That's that's been broadcast quite much. And I know I mentioned like the Murder Town one. Um, like I said, that's a new season coming out soon. But them are highlighting like murders that that's happening like close by to us in the last few years, and you'd never even heard a thing about. And that, again, that that's what I'm finding quite interesting. Like hearing them side mm -hmm. of things. Again, it's it's. I think. I think that's what I like too. I really like um, isolate. Not well, they're not isolated. Let's let's mm -hmm. be clear, they are not isolated cases. Um, mm -hmm. But like stories of like individual, you know, like it's mm -hmm. not like he was evil and what mm -hmm. was him. It was just like this person did this. And mm -hmm. what I absolutely love, like love it in documentary form and everything, is trials, court mm -hmm. trials. Right. And that kind of goes back to the Memphis ones too. Yeah. They're so interesting. Mm -hmm. There's one on um, Sky, and I cannot remember its name. I said to Sam, you've got to watch it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's about the trial of a kid who was like this promising football star, and he mm -hmm. gets um, accused of um, molesting a child. Right. Yeah. And it's, the, it's, yes, obviously, so, yeah. so heavy, and, but um, it's the trial and mm -hmm. how the, like, how they did it and how fucked up it is and it like yeah i can't i honestly can't remember what it's called um 
but it was so good and I mm. love a trial like <laughs> I love them like I'd rather watch a trial yeah <laughs> but the ones that like I said I think the big one that I'm obsessed with at the moment um, and I, I'm excited because the new 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 episode starts on Monday is 24 hours in police custody and I know oh, it's a really strange one. Like but, but, to watch that. Yeah, but like say, Oh my God, we watched one, didn't we, Sam? And we're just raging at each other. Yeah. <laughs> there was one where, uh, a last that was uh, like trying to get someone to kill an uh, ex-boyfriend or a boyfriend and stuff. Um, and she was pretending to be like handicapped and she kept on saying that she, she was, uh, when the police arrested her, she lied down saying her back's hurting her to the point where she got took to the hospital to try and get the sympathy vote. But... Oh, I was so screaming at the telly. Just, <laughs> that's so interesting seeing it from that perspective as well. Yeah, seeing what, what they have to do for, to, go, to go through to get them. But like, say, I, I, I absolutely love the twenty-four hours in police custody. I know it's Which not one? quite like a true crime one, but it's um, well, it is, it is, yeah, it's a true crime documentary. Just, crime. We're just focusing um, a little more on film. Which one did we watch? Was it the domestic violence one with against the the man who was being physically abused by his um his partner mm-hmm. to the point where he ended up dying was yes that oh that was a bloke and he every, the, the, they kept on saying to him saying look well you have to prosecute <gasps> she's going to end I up i know what you're talking about now yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that one was really hard like sad I, I, like i said took us aback that one quite oh well. that wasn't the one we were raging about that was one we were upset about the one we raged about was the guy who was um he attacked them younger. i honestly can't remember you know I remember. Yeah, he raped, didn't he? he raped them young lasses, didn't he? Uh-huh. And then he dumped them at um, a train station. Miles yes. Away from yeah, I do, but he'd done it uh, two nights, like straight after each other, I think. Like, yeah. It happened, like that one night, and, it, and they were saying, "Oh, prove that I was there." And they're like, "Wait, there, we've got fucking video footage of you dropping the girls off." And he's gonna prove it. You bastard! <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna use the c word, but I'll, 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 I'll keep that one for another day. But, uh, um, Britain is doing like. I, I wouldn't. I would never have gone out of my way to watch programs like Twenty Four Hours in Police Custody at all, um, unless my sister is constantly messaging us to watch it. Me, yeah. you, mm-hmm. you. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, no, that's oh, fine. Oh, sorry. Not um, not a true crime documentary, but a true crime program ended last night. Manhunt. The, with um, Detective Colin Sutton's case on the Night Stalker of London. All right. Uh-huh. I have never heard of this case before at all. Is that, the one, Ma- is that the one with Martin Clunes? Yes. Oh my God, that man is a national treasure. Keep mm. him protected. He is. <laughs> he was. At, he he did that one, and they did Manhunt, the first series, which is on ITV, um, about Levi Belfield mm. and how his involvement in that case. It is phenomenal like mm-hmm. martin clunes is an amazing actor but he takes it to a whole new level playing de- um, detective colin sutton mm-hmm. i am that invested in it i've ordered his books he's changed, Honestly, he's, he's changed a little bit from men behaving badly hasn't he so <laughs> i was saying this the other day when we when we used to come to my mum's because my mum's got a tendency for watching the same thing over and over again and i wonder where you got it from <laughs> And Doc Martin is one of them. Mm-hmm. And any time me and Anthony would come in and she'd have it on, we'd be fixated because yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Manhunt was really good. I just wanted to put it literally ended last night. It's on mm-hmm. ITV catch up. Please watch it. Well, I wanted to throw out there, it's a bit of a left field one. I don't know if Michaela would have watched these. I know Sam might have looked into these. Um I do 
think they fall under the true crime bracket because, the, like I say, what happened to some of these is a crime and there's been a lot of hell on, especially over the internet over the last few days, like last week, mm-hmm. on the last episode that was shown, uh, The Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, yeah. uh, I do watch them, but I haven't seen any of the new ones. And I, I saw that and I went to Steve, I went to me, I went to my Stephen, to Stephen. Um, what do you know about the, the, the uh, airplane from hell or the flight from <laughs> the hell? Flight from hell yeah, it was yeah. like, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one before. And then I was <laughs> like, well, it's stirring up a good bit again. Yeah. We've heard of it because we've heard it wasn't just the Ric Flair incident that happened on that plane. There was fights galore. You've got to like, you've got to tell people what the dark side of the ring is. Oh yeah, so so basically, yeah, the dark side of the ring is basically well, it's up to its third season now. It's narrated by the brilliant Chris Jericho. He, his tone and the way he tells these stories are actually pitch perfect, which. You can't expect anything less from Y2J, shall we say, no. uh, if you're a wrestling fan. In but, Jericho, we, we love. Yeah, but each ep- like episode is going to like, say the backstories of certain myths or certain um, things that you don't know what's happened to certain characters. Like the, the, the big one was always the Chris Benoit story. There was a two-part episode with the murder-suicide of... like you That say, was Tyson. really sad, wasn't it? It was very hard sad, to watch. Very, but, very well put together. But um, again... Going back to a previous point that Michaela pointed out, the second episode focused on the family of Benoit that was still around and showed the impact as well. And again, when they'd done the Jake the Snake Roberts one, it wasn't just focused on Jake the Snake, it was more focused on his daughter and elements Mm -hmm. of what happened there. So it was good good impacts there. But uh, the last episode that blew up the internet was... The plane, uh, the plane ride from hell, and it went into quite, quite a bit of depth. Um, I know there's been discussions as well. I've talked about uh, the missed out a few things that I heard in the past was about Vince McMahon wrestling Kurt Angle on the plane when both pissed. Oh, the, loads went down that night. Loads. But that wasn't, but that wasn't mentioned on the documentary. The big things that they did talk about was uh, Brock Lesnar and uh, Mr. Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. All try like fighting on the plane, causing damage where they're like destroying <gasps> the plane and almost. They're big boys. Yeah, Brock no, almost, oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning almost. Brock, almost. Brock how when when did this happen? It was just before like Brock become big. He was like just in the big thing. So he was wrestling Kurt Henning at the time, Mister Perfect. Because after this, well, Kurt Henning got sacked. Because mm-hmm. Kurt died. Yep. Um, after that happened, after he got sacked. Right, right, yes. right. Got you. Yeah. Yep. So, as I was saying, <laughs> sorry, because <laughs> um, it started <laughs> off with Kurt hanging, doing being mortal, getting uh, some shaving foam and splatting it on on Brock Lesnar's head, and Brock Lesnar turned around and just going on to full Brock Lesnar mode and start fighting, um, and they thought they actually were going to go go through and smash the, through the wall on the plane until uh, they calmed down, and then they had Dustin Reynolds uh, gold dust. Uh, singing to his ex-wife Terry Reynolds that he still loved doing on the mics and they couldn't get the mic off him um, and then no, no, then it got to the abusive part which I'd never heard about where Aye. apparently Ric Flair doing the Ric Flair thing getting his cock out doing the wing wheel but then yeah. cornered one of the flight cornered one of the flight attendants and demanding that she touched his cock Oh, God. So that oh, yeah. was, and then the f- same flight attendant was getting told by Dustin Reynolds that she was going to get fucked on the flight. 
And, I think that's called rape. Yeah. <laughs> and then having Scott Hall grab her by the shirt and lick her face and tell him he was going to do things to her as well. In an oh, wow. Way. And that's where... It escalates so quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> but it all started because there'd been a seven-hour delay on the tarmac from the flight taking off, so the, they didn't get them off the flight. They went through three... Um, not excusing the behaviour because there's no excuse, but the wrestlers went through th- three uh, booze carts worth of booze and they kept on bringing it back on because it was a private pl- plane. So yeah. the amount of alcohol... Did you, did you just light up there because of the booze carts? No, I had so much to drink in, I can imagine. Yeah. But it wasn't <laughs> just... like, oh yeah. <laughs> but it, it wasn't just the drinking, it was um, like the roofies, because they were roofing each other to try and fall asleep. Like the roofie oh. Michael oh Hayes. Oh Yep. So the roofied Michael Hayes, so that's why Michael Hayes passed out and they cut off his ponytail. Oh my God, Michael Hayes' no. ponytail! <gasps> yeah. So that's the whole thing on the, 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 the played right. But um, this has ruined careers, this this episode, because Ric Flair's never going to work again. I've never heard of it, you know, ever. Mm. That playing thing. Oh, and I like, like, I'm, a, I'm oh. a bit of a wrestling... Uh, not really, but a little bit. Like You know your stuff. Um, I know did, a little bit. It's even yeah, a hell of a lot more than I do. There was, because like I said, because Kurt Henning got fired instantly afterwards. Um, like I said, Scott yeah. Hall got fired straight away afterwards for his behaviour on it. Um, I think the, like Ric Flair wasn't, they said on the actual documentary, Rick, nothing ever actually happened to Ric Flair because because he, he was untouchable. Because even Jim Ross said he was untouchable. But he was uh, so old then. But he was still, like, made money. Yeah, he he made money. <laughs> made money then, so but... Brave. But um, yeah, so, and uh, Tommy Dreamer um, was actually not, he was there, but he didn't do anything wrong, but he defended the actions. <laughs> yeah. And he'd done it in a way, he said this was normal. This The people who uh, got offended boys shouldn't have been offended. That's, that was the exact response. So he's been now fired from his wrestling job since this uh, has been aired. But the next episode as well, that sounds quite interesting because it's about Chris Canyon and how... He was oh. trapped after he came out as homosexual in the wrestling business, yeah. so that'll be an interesting take. Um, I, I so go on, Sam. No, go on. Um, what was I going to say? No, I totally forgot. So you go. <laughs> no, what I was going to no, say is, is that this plane ride is common knowledge. Like mm-hmm. it is something within the industry everyone knows about. Now I brought this up in the Facebook group the other day because they. Why is it now that Rick is getting punished? For something that everyone else got punished for, back time then. changed. And Cause it, that's it. Because exactly. it's, cause it's been made the public. Because not everything was made to the public. Because the the flight attendants would had to sign non disclosures. They got mm-hmm. paid. Because she, she even says in the documentary she got fucking paid at the end of this because they, they sued the wrestlers, and the WWE uh-huh. uh, or the WWF at the time paid them big to. Because this is what shots. they do. This is what they yeah. do. This is what they did to Ashley, um, can't remember her surname. They paid her out because she got raped in, in the Middle East when she was on tour. And the WWE, what? Yes, she was raped in the Middle East. And the WWE did absolutely nothing to help her apart from pay her out and send her on her way. That girl killed herself a couple of years ago. <gasps> that's horrible. Yeah. This I, is that's what, what I was... That's what I was going to say. It's like how you can support anybody who's going to Saudi Arabia and they're like... Yeah, you know, like mm. take takes a lot of political stuff aside. Just the fact that you can't wrestle because you're a woman. They need the money, Michaela, because they are an absolute shit's creep. 
I am I am getting myself back into wrestling again, and not because of them, because of AEW. Mm-hmm. I I am buzzing for wrestling at the moment because of AEW. But I'm I do need to watch that episode. And um, just before we move on from Dark Side of the Ring, um, the Bruiser Brody episode. Oh, that was horrible. That was oh my very god. Sad. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. Hmm. Did I watch that one? Which one's that one? It's the big guy who got murdered in, um, was it Japan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Puerto Rico. Yeah, like it's Puerto Rico. Yeah, I mean, fierce old cop, but no, like, no, it, that's it, what it, they it, used to do. Well, he, 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 always, he always had, like, cuts in his face, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he had an argument with, a, a like, a wrestler over there, and, this, and he just stabbed He him. was on the documentary, wasn't he? Um, no, but you're thinking of you're thinking of um oh my god he died not long ago um you're I, thinking I, of Ajax the one who would throw himself oh uh, yeah, yeah the, New, the Jack. New, New Jack New Jack that's it uh huh he's the crazy uh-huh. one who had the he has a scar on the top of his head yeah he, he stabbed he stabbed he stabbed someone in the ring uh, when because some wrestler didn't agree with he stabbed them in the this ring is, yeah this is like back ages this is like back in the seventies yeah. yeah. everywhere I'm ready. So is there any other true crime other than, because we've obviously delved into, we've gone a bit further than murder now, we've gone into the wrestling side of it, any other? <laughs> Michaela? Yes, yes, definitely. So I probably think true crime is my favourite genre in documentaries, really. I do like Od- Odyssey stories, which is a whole other podcast in the sense of like individual people's mm-hmm. stories, very like... Um, Werner Herzog documentaries and that which honestly I could talk about all day but I'm not going to talk about them yeah um things so ones that I love that are true crime are like fraud documentaries and like um uh white collar crimes and Mm -hmm. like crazy stories like that so um I I, one of them is uh one called you know fire festival Mm mm-hmm Right. I don't know if you've watched I've, that. I've, I've, not heard, I've not watched it, but I've heard about it. That's when they... Oh, my God. Yeah, it kind of fucks everything up, doesn't it? <laughs> Both of you need to watch it. Because it is so good. Mm-hmm. So there's two, but there's one on Netflix, which is far better, just, like, better produced, better story, like, gets you really more engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anyone doesn't know about Fire Festival, it's, like, these mega-rich, like, younger entrepreneurs who are like right we're going to make this festival and it's going to be here and it's going to be the best thing ever and they get like all like the A-list mm-hmm. um, models so you know they get the Kardashians, the Hadids like all them people you, I know you haven't got a fucking clue who they are Paul but no. all these women <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've heard, I've heard like, of Kardashians but I'll, I'll be, I'll... Yeah, so they're me. like uh, they're like lounging on both and being like what's the beautiful mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> <laughs> but like a Zoolander commercial. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> um, and then they use this video to mm-hmm. invent the fire festival, and it's just all about that going absolutely tits up. Now, there's another documentary called what is it called? It is called because I definitely wrote it down somewhere. Uh, the Inventor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that one, which is all about Elizabeth Holmes. Now, have you heard of this one? No. So, Elizabeth Holmes, in a little nutshell, is this, again, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, white woman, and it's very important that she's a white woman, a rich 
white woman that's very important that she's that and who was like i'm gonna create this little um medicine thing where it takes your blood and then you can instantly get all your diagnosis through this blood test yeah Mm -hmm. and then and then so it's all about her she gets billions Mm -hmm. billions invested in this she like dresses like um Steve Jobs, she like lowers the voice, kind of like mine. <laughs> but this is stuck here to sound more serious. Um, and she like does this, and then it goes tits up. Now the mm-hmm. the 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 best thing about both of these documentaries is that both of them are absolute flimflam men, and they are just conning the shit out of people. They were never going to have that festival. They were never going to do this blood thing that was going to change the world. It was all about making money. And the mm-hmm. best thing about these documentaries is they get their fucking um, comeuppance. Is that the right word? Comeuppance. That's a bare word, Sam. Um, yeah. So Elizabeth Holmes at the minute is on trial. And I think she's going to um, get off right. because she's a rich white woman. Um, and she's actually playing the woman card that she she was abused and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Oh, you right. have to watch it to get yeah. the whole story of it. Because normally I'd be like, believe the woman. Don't believe mm-hmm. her. <laughs> and she screwed over so many people. Like, so yeah. this blood test was like in like um, all these stores. It's just sort of thing. And I know I'm talking really fast. So people are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's <laughs> um, good. I can tell you. Um, I can tell you actually. Like, to, <laughs> so that it sounds good. Yeah. So, they're so good. And like, the, so say like uh, boots, the inline boots. In America, mm-hmm. I think they're called Walgreens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they're in these places, and people are going and going, getting tests, and they're like, "Oh, you're HIV positive." Like, yeah. And like these people thinking they're HIV positive, and oh they get another God. test, and obviously they have to pay for their their, their stuff over there. Yeah. So like you just go mm-hmm. your GP and say, "Give the test." Yeah. So she had to save up, get another test, and mm-hmm. um, wow. and then obviously she wasn't. One woman thought she lost a child. Like these are really serious things. People who had yeah. cancer and they're not getting the results back because it wasn't real. Yeah. Like <laughs> the festival, it wasn't real. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> and like I love. Yeah, I, I was just, like sorry. Uh, sorry for jumping in there. It's interesting, know. like you said, they going from the true crime to again. It doesn't have to be about murder and intrigue. It's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I don't know if I would put this in the true crime genre but i'm gonna have to be very careful with this one and how i because i don't offend anyone because mm-hmm. <clears throat> like i say one of the big rules in the nerdy up north community in the facebook group is no religion and no politics mm-hmm. but i watched when I, I remember watching this for the first time and just thinking what a, how can this be allowed and how can it be going on uh go and clear the scientology yeah. Now that was so sugar documentary. I, I, Which one's that one? It's the Scientology. One. Is it's, it the HBO one? Yes, yeah, it's the big one. We watched that together, didn't we, hmm. Michaela? I don't think she's talking to me. I thought you had a little cruise. No, no, Michaela, we watched this together. We watched this at my house. Fair enough. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> but just just to show like the deaths and like the ins and outs and how people when documented and how they used like certain techniques to keep people in the fall and stuff again would you class that as a true crime documentary or would it just be like i say because well, i know it's a crime I, I know personally i think 
what they did was a crime. <laughs> but some people might say Scientology is a religion. Uh, well, for someone who doesn't work for Nerdy Up North, <laughs> <laughs> I would just say it's a part of the massive true crime of cults. Yes. So let's just say that, eh? But to be fair, we're being, Nerdy Up North's been called a cult the last few weeks, so... <laughs> I tend to stay away from actual cult, like mm. I, I know not. I've seen that one, but like cult documentaries, mm. because the worrying part about me is I am so gullible and naive. Probably I am worried myself. <laughs> I would join a cult. You have Nerdy up north. You're, you're one of us. So yeah. Oh, there you go. I've done it. I've done it. Um, but no, I, I am so susceptible to what mm. people say that. I would I would get on board with them and yeah. I would join these type of like children of God cults and shit like that. I know fine well. Yeah. Like I would have been in Jonestown. I'm just saying no, it. No, you wouldn't. You're not that you know fine well. I am <laughs> as hell and I take You're not it. even religious. I know I'm not, but <laughs> I know what I'm like. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like I said, them type of uh, documentaries, that there was a bit of a fad going on like a few years ago. I know, like I say, um, when going clear, the, as I said, the Jonestown one, that was one that was on uh, Netflix not too long ago. Um, it's interesting how like the true crime has developed. Uh, I know I'm probably winding it back now from when... We're talking about fun stuff. We're talking about rich people. <laughs> Getting screwed over. Definitely. But uh, going back from like what, because I think true crime and like say that element has always been popular, Like, but it was more in book form or newspaper or more like on the radio, shall we say. It's becoming bigger now because a lot more people have got options or aspects to it. It's yeah. more, a lot more accessible. And I think that morbid curiosity of people will always drive that's the explosion but now i know now um like say people's podcasts are are the big thing like that's huge yeah, now in the true crime world yeah and, i was, and was YouTube about to was, um and again someone mentioned because i asked a question on the facebook group today um what people thought on true crime <coughs> sorry what um what things stand out to me and then like one of the things that people kept on mentioning i'm trying to think of a name now was a, a podcaster um I don't know if you uh, Blair something or am I totally saying the name wrong now? I'm trying to scroll to find the name of it now, but it's supposed to be quite big in the podcast world um, on, on YouTube where she does a weekly podcast. Oh, Bailey Therian. She does murder makeup and murder mystery and makeup. Oh, yeah. I've yeah, never watched her, but I've heard of her. Yeah, I do watch Bailey. She is quite, um, she's just, it's just how she, she talks. She's very, mm. um, she and she will have opened up some doors for people who may not have been into true crime because of she does put her makeup on while mm. she's um she actually has her own podcast so Bailey does YouTube um the murder mystery and makeup but she has just launched a podcast of dark history mm. um American dark history and it's really really fascinating I've listened to the first two episodes but I was gonna um, go into podcasts because the explosion of documentaries on the likes of Netflix is exploded within the podcast world as well. A couple of years ago, you couldn't find a, a really good uh, true crime podcast until Serial came out. And to be honest, looking back, Serial was not good. I did not enjoy that very well. That series was good. 
it was interesting and it got and honestly i did I it was, was very interesting and they did the documentary and i was just like yeah nah. <laughs> um but um last podcast on the left like i could not do a true crime um talk and not mention the guys of last podcast on the left yeah i do like, I do like they are so brilliant of how they because I think you, you you definitely got me into them, and you told us to start from the Jack the Ripper episode, and I did. And yeah, I would say they started as very like I can understand why people don't like that podcast on the list. They're very boisterous men, and they really were at the start like just vulgar, just didn't yeah. give a shit. Like, and they've completely changed. And like, um, Mark, what's his name? Marcus um, Marcus Parks is Marcus the- Marcus Parks research on them are really good, um, yeah. and and they have a, a sensitivity. They take the piss out of the the people that they're doing, and they yeah. have a slight more sensitivity than they did before because before they did not they didn't they, but, they, they didn't really have like a, a concept of what they were doing they were just talking about these cases and taking the piss out like us really now, <laughs> yeah. now Marcus is like doing really in-depth yeah we haven't got a clue <laughs> <laughs> but you've got the likes of so. Henry Henry um, Rosa- oh god I can never pronounce Henry's surname Henry Wazowski. Wazowski. Um, I don't who, think it is. Is that the guy of the Big Bang Theory now? So how well, if anyone's seen Wolf of Wall Street. Zabrowski. that's it. If anyone's seen Wolf of Wall Street, he's in that. Um, he's the red-headed guy. But he, he brings a level of comedy that is is not distasteful for the topic they're talking about. And then yeah. you've got Ben, who is us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do any research. He listens to Marcus and he reacts. He's our voice. Yeah. And I just think that the combination of the three of them is absolutely brilliant. But because of them, you then got My Favourite Murder, mm-hmm. who I actually cannot listen to anymore at all. If I hear the word totally one more time, I will put my fist through my phone. Um, they are not as well. Basically, they jumped on the back of last podcast on the left. Mm-hmm. And the road, the, the coattails of them. That's how I see it. He's going to disagree with us. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. I just don't like them. I really don't. That's, that's, fine, that's your personal. Uh, yeah, that's just my opinion. I, I wouldn't um, tell. I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell anyone not to listen to them though. That, that, oh, that's oh, you want to go? They did a really good episode yeah. because one of them was friends with Michelle McNamara, so they did a really good episode of the Golden State Killer, and they follow. They follow that up. Mm-hmm. From beginning to end, um, until he got until he was incarcerated, mm-hmm. but there is an excellent um, English, but true crime, um, well, murder true crime podcast called Red Handed Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've Hannah heard of that one. Yeah, I've heard of that. I, one. I I'm a Patreon of theirs. Um, Hannah and Saruti are br- they are brilliant um, in their research. I don't sometimes agree. With mm-hmm. their personal, um, their personal point of views, mm-hmm. but they are they do research it. They're scripted, so but, they go yeah. off a script. Um, they've just brought a book out that mm-hmm. I've just finished a book on forensic forensic pathology. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a break <laughs> for a little bit because my brain is like well, it's that, just uh, too much. That's true, that's a good segue as well because remember, like say 
fans of the Facebook group, the, the, the Nerdy Up North Book Club starts on the 1st of October. So you've got yes. a new book to read. <laughs> that's, that's a good tie-in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, just one took it out of us. So I need, yeah. a, I need a break for a bit. Yeah. But what I wanted to mention... I told you, I, The Real Housewives. Yeah, oh, God, no. <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to mention as well, the sad state of affairs is with the world that we live in and, and the shit we would normally go through. It, it's not going to be a thing where true crime is going to go away because there's always going to be shit that's going to happen. And people's already going to do these heinous things and we're going to have to like, have that morbid community to think. Yeah. I, think I think the closest, like say, um, recently like dramatization shall we say that i've enjoyed that's like fiction um not true crime but um like say luther the bbc done um uh, the way they portrayed, portrayed killers and how the investigation like tone the line was quite well done also um one of my favorite shows and i hope they do a season three i know there's talks because i know this, it got cancelled at netflix was man under uh, I nope. thought the first two seasons was done so well and it was done really interesting. Oh no, no. I hated that. Me too. <laughs> the first one was the first one was good, and the second one was uh, so. I've I've read Manhunter mm-hmm. uh, by John Douglas. That man. Me too. I've read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read is, many books. He is nothing like the way um, he is portrayed in the programme because John Douglas likes to give himself a pat on the back for every achievement that he's done. The man, the book itself um, is good because he does go in detail about the, especially on the second series about the, um, was it the Oklahoma? Was it Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah the, the, that case. He does go, obviously he was very heavily involved in it. But again, he was very heavily involved in it. He did this. He he's a very he loves to give himself that pat on the back. And um, the fact that they kept bringing BTK, I fucking hate Dennis Rader. Obviously for the reasons of the fact that he is an absolute dick of what he did. But Dennis Rader is another one who went out for infamy. Yeah. He give himself the name BTK. Mm-hmm. He controls who talks to him. He actually gets money. I don't know how he does this because of the son of Sam law. Where you can't profit off the crimes <clears throat> that you've committed, um, but he—he is—he's a dick, and I can't believe they used him as a a wall, like a weave through that mm. series. Just to just to talk on that point as well. What would you say? Like, not true. Well, based on a true crime, what would you say, film-wise, is one of the best representations of of, like, say, the true crime or? Um, or the type of genre, like where it's been based on a true like murder or a true well, subject. Good. Um, I know like my proper I truth or maybe inspired by. Well, it'll always be inspired by because there'll always be like elements. But to me, it was probably. Um, I know it's quite long, but the Zodiac Killer with um, Jake oh, John. God. Holy balls, the pants yeah. off. I know, but I still think it. I think I, I, Paul, I, I slept. I slept three times through that film. I, oh, I, I can watch it. I like it. I think it's quite element. Like I like, like say when it goes into a bit more detail and it doesn't have to be, like say, full on action. Like say, I quite like. Well, you clearly point. like the director because if you like, what's it called? The one we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael Manon. Mann. Was it Michael Mann? No, Fincher. Uh, Finch. Finch. David Finch. Finch David Finch. David Finch. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I, I won that. Will you also be signed to the Lambs, Sam? 
Not yeah, it's true right? story. I'm just, I'm trying to go out of, I'm trying to, exactly. Like, <laughs> <one of my laughs> took favorite. elements and put it in. Because like, um, would, you go, would you go Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> Psycho. And um, yes, Psycho is another one inspired by true crime and um, by Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to, if, if we're going, like, if I want to go down the bio route, Monster with Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant show. Good show then. And Christine Ricci was probably the closest. Eileen um, Warnos, mm. like mm-hmm. the woman breaks me heart. Yeah. Um, you could have a whole. We could have, we could talk about her for a whole hour and a half. We could because there's there's so much like this. I don't. You, you, we're never going to know the truth. What actually happened with Eileen? No. And I don't think we're any any of these elements would unless no, we'll, but we'll never tell us was, anything. That woman was seriously ill. Yeah, Ill. you can just listen to and her to realise how serious that she needed help she needed rehabilitation mm-hmm. and what she got was the death penalty and it, I used to be all for the death penalty all for it mm-hmm. um, I was in the car, I agreed with capital punishment but after mm-hmm. now there's a statement <laughs> I, did, I, did, I agreed with capital punishment um, we're going to isolate that um. <laughs> yeah. but, the, um, but after the West Memphis Three case, that really changed my mind mm-hmm. on how I thought about it because if they can get it wrong with one, mm-hmm. how many others are they getting it wrong with? And you can't, I don't agree mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. now I don't agree that if one can be proven innocent, then nobody should be put on death row. Yeah. Just to go back to the Eileen uh, Warner thing, I know I'm going to stir a few, uh, stir, stir it up a little bit. Again, do you think if a man committed her crimes, what she did, would would, they, would he have got death row? Would he be dead now? It depends because it's, you've got to think of the state of that he did Florida. it. In Florida. <laughs> they fucking love to put people under. Yeah, um, but because like in my opinion, when I looked at that case and when I like say seen the documentaries, they were in such a hurry to kill her off. They didn't. Oh, yeah. They didn't want her alive as much, and I, I think no. it was more to do with a woman committing these crimes. They didn't want no. to see that. And again, that's not me it's, being, um, being uh, sexist or anything like that. But that—that was my view. It, that it wasn't, just, it wasn't just that. It was also a political move. Jed Bush was coming up for um, re-election, and the public needed something to be inspired by. So Jed went. Oh, let's go and kill. Let's kill that serial killer who's been sitting there for God knows how long. We'll just we'll we'll get her off. And it was a political move. Eileen was killed was killed because Jed Bush needed the votes. Um, mm. But again, I'm a heavy believer in rehabilitation, and I don't believe she was given anything. She was given no help. She she died an incredibly ill woman. Mm-hmm. So we'll try, we'll try and stay on a more positive thought. So I've you quite can't <laughs> stay on a positive note on this kind of podcast. True. I'm talking about true crime. No, what, what, what I want to say is, like, say, I've really enjoyed talking. Like, say, I'm, I've, I don't think, like, I never thought I was as well versed in true crime until I've actually thought about it uh, as much. And I think it is ingrained, ingrained in, like, say, in all of us. I think everyone has that type of element or that curiosity. Um, it's just how far you do push it but um, I've really enjoyed today and I think that would that that's a nice place to leave it unless anyone else has any other points they wanted to raise I think yeah. I think Sam's cleared up that she doesn't believe in capital. no points I just want to highlight <laughs> what 
Well, we all change and grow. Like I, I went. I think I went too far into the the true crime stuff, mm-hmm. um, and that like with that murderabilia part of it. And I am like completely against it now. Do not, because like to me, like I'm a bit like I work in the arts. I love art. I collect mm-hmm. art. Um, to me, it was like oh, it's art. It's collectibles. It's this. Yeah. You know, like you 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 collect stuff too. Yeah. clearly from your back wall <laughs> <laughs> and um i just i just put it with that and then actually no because you have no idea who's getting that money you have no idea who you're yeah. like it's gr- by the way i only spend like 30 quid so don't don't come Sorry, it too hard. there's no judgment no here like say one of uh, my family members father um like i say actually is in close contact and writes quite regularly to uh, to bronson Shares oh, all really? with them. Mm-hmm. Man who will never be mentioned in my father's presence. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad hates him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hates that man. Mm-hmm. Even though he kind of got a job because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, when he did the the riots and the, mm-hmm. all the police, all the prison officers went down to um, assist. They mm-hmm. were short of staff. Tell me, dad got his job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we've all got our crosses. Bravo, Brunson. I, <laughs> 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 I would yeah. just like. To end on some like people who want might want to watch the documentaries, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna give you a list. Cool. Um, Catching the Freemans. Anyone mm-hmm. seen that? It's a really good crime documentary about this family who, it's kind of like it is is and is not um, pedophile kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I can't believe we didn't mention, Sam. The drinks. Oh my god! I've literally just watched it again for the third time. Which um, again, it's the same director as Capturing the Freemans. It's a brilliant documentary. Anything so. I tell you, if you haven't seen it, will spoil it. Mm-hmm. Another one that is absolutely heartbreaking. I'll give you a trigger warning. Um, and and a everything warning is Dear Zachary. Nope. Duck, 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 duck. Again, I can't tell you anything about believe- it. You have to go in blind, and it's a harrowing. If anyone, if anyone has the has the inkling if they want to go and watch that please come and talk to me first because i will be very happy to ruin it for you so you don't have to experience what i did because michaela told me about this i watched it and i was broken for a week physically yeah. broken for a yeah. week it is one yeah. of the worst documentaries yeah. ever it's heartbreaking so i'll ruin I'll it for you there. i'm happy to do that two thumbs up uh 13th, which is a documentary by Ava Devenu, who is all about the prison system and how um, black, mainly men, it's like a, the new form of like slavery, is to get them all in the prisons. It's, it's on Netflix. It's fucking brilliant. She's an amazing director. Absolutely love her. Um, Tickled, which oh is by um, David... Oh, what's his name? How could we not talk about Tickled? I know. It's he crazy! Did Dark tourism um, documentaries on Netflix. Yeah. David Fur Fur Fur. Yeah. guy. Yeah. Anyway, again, uh, I like the dark. I, I, I like the dark tourism. Have you seen Tickle? I haven't seen Tickle. No. Oh my you god! Watch Tickle. It is honestly me and Anth went down a rabbit yeah. hole after that documentary. Um, just a few more. Um, there's um. Into the Abyss, which I've kind of mentioned, my love of Werner Herzog. Um, that's the one about prison. He goes to see prisoners on life, um, on death row. I think it's called Into the Abyss. He did a TV show on Channel Four and did a documentary about it. And I just fucking love <laughs> how he directs and how he talks and how his life philosophy is just amazing. Uh, Sour Grape, which is also on Netflix. 
if you want to watch rich people get ripped off, watch Sour Grapes. All about the bullshit. Because, um, like, I work in the arts and I don't know the arts is absolute bullshit. And how much money, like, I'm never going to work in the arts where it's like the millions and millions. <laughs> I'm more part of the community than that. But um, <laughs> the, watch, ri- watch rich people getting absolutely ripped off by a random person who sold them, like, shit wine. Fab. Um, and the last one, which is the most recent one I watched. Now, I haven't been able to watch anything of any sort of interest, really, mm-hmm. because of lockdown. Like, I have been watching The Housewives and MasterChef <laughs> and Top Chef and just oh, absolutely I've been the same. It's like you've been wanting a comfort yeah. blanket. It's like I've probably watched yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine like 32 times in community over and over again just because yeah. it's like, warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. So the, one of the first things I watched that was, and honest to God, it was the most heaviest fucking thing I've ever watched ever. It's called um, Collective. Mm-hmm. It's on the BBC. It was nominated for an Oscar this year, and it's about the Romanian healthcare system. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a, a heavy metal rock band. You might have actually heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like a proper, you know, them screamy ones, Sam likes. <laughs> um and yes, I sound like a dick. <laughs> and um, they they were um, so they were in a concert, uh, playing a concert, and then the ceiling caught on fire, and then right. there was no like fire doors, oh, and God, lots yes. of people died, um, and nuts. and many people got injured and burned, and yeah. these people, even like with minor injuries, went to the hospital and died. And so everyone's like, why are people dying, mm-hmm. like with minor injuries, right? Um. And it's because the Romanian healthcare system is shocking. It is horrendous. Um, it is so corrupt. Like the government, you think our government's corrupt? It is like beyond corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's absolutely amazing. But mm-hmm. like, what? What? It is subtitled, and it because it's so heavy. Like, it is a bit hard to watch because you got to really like get into it and and pay attention. Um, yeah. but definitely, definitely. Um, a brilliant documentary, but ridiculously hard hitting um, and mm-hmm. fucking mental. That's all I can say. On a, um, on a lighter one as well, one I've just watched recently. Just giving a shout out if you like liking crime documentaries, it's quite. If you like The Sopranos, um, it's it's basically a, an untold one on um, on Netflix. It's a it's a sports documentary. So, but it's basically where. Um, a, a big uh, crime family from New Jersey takes over an ice hockey team and he runs it like a mob boss. So the mafia owns mm-hmm. this professional ice hockey team and it shows you what they do and the pay the players under the table, the pay players to take other players out. And it's so interesting. It's basically the guy who the based on was who the based Tony Soprano on. Mm-hmm. Can we not? Are we so excited for the <laughs> What? Oh, the film. The, the, film? the prequel oh, that's coming out. The prequel that's coming out, yeah. I got bloody red! <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Hey, one more, one more. Okay, and I'll, I'll, shut, I'll shut up forever and ever. Um, there's one called McMillions, which is all about these. It's a bit like. Oh, um, I've seen that um, one. I've, I've seen that one. Yeah. Crime stuff, um, mob stuff. And they like um, con like people through the, the Monopoly shit yeah. on McDonald's. It's, yeah, it's mental. Absolutely. It's great. Uh, and then that's all oh, that, that, I've seen that one that one's quite uh-huh. funny uh, but yes but um, yeah. I think that that was a nice little place to end it I know we could go, keep going on for oh. 
uh, quite yeah. a while. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you want to get in bed? <laughs> very true. Very, very true. It's one of the, one of the latest ones we've done, shall we say? But uh, just want to thank you again, Michaela. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have very much. I hope I haven't like waffled on too much, and because oh. I get my preachy pants on. Um, I'm, if you can't see it, I am on a soapbox right now. Don't worry. I think it was the perfect subject to get on yeah. your soapbox. So some of everything that's been said has been... It's really uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> and thank you for sorting out the technical issue and uh, even coming on with your phone oh, there. No. <laughs> Do you know how much 5G you're eating up now? <laughs> Bill your sister, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to invoice you, don't worry. So, yeah, so, um, Lexi, I'm, I've really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it more than I was expecting. I was, I was expecting to be a bystander oh, on that, but I think I chipped in more than I was expected there. But um, yes. what I want to say as well, I can't wait, and I'm not, this is not doing anything down to the previous podcasts for next week because we are starting the October uh, going the Halloween one, so we've got things lined up. We've oh, planned nice. all the the things to go. So next week's podcast, we are talking about the Halloween franchise from start to finish: the good, the yep. bad, and the rogue zombie. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so really good! That's the title of the podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> but yes, um, looking forward to that, and. Um, Got a few guests lined up in the next few weeks as well, so that's going to be interesting. Yes, and in October, I can't wait. And if anyone wants to, and before they listen to the podcast, if you've not seen the Halloween films, um, what's wrong with you? But no, (laughs) they are coming on Netflix on the first of October. All of them, I believe apart from maybe the newest one that they took off but they might i don't know if they're putting it back on again and also the films that made us mm-hmm. all hor- not all i think there's one that's not but the majority is horror related so get in and if you don't like going to the pictures and um i know some people know how to stream halloween kills will be released in america for streaming on october 15th so if you know it. so if you know how to get it it will be there just to give you as a if heads you need up help, and if you need help <laughs> Just let us know. We'll help you out. Yes. So, um, like you illegally telling them how to do stuff? No, not at all. No, of course I'm not. Not at all. So, when the accusation is that because I'm a northerner, I do illegal (laughs) stuff now. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) You're calling the scumbags, Michaela. But uh, yes, again, remember to follow us on our Facebook group on Nerdy Up North Community. Again, that's thriving. It's like say getting crazier and our topics are getting more fun. We've got the boot club starting soon as well um, on uh, Instagram, Nerdy Up North. Again, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify and Amazon Music. Just search Nerdy Up North. And we are four, four subscriptions away from 200 on the YouTube channel as well. So thank you everyone who's contributed and subscribed. Certainly. And again, ring the bell. Apparently that does make a difference. I don't know. So apparently people keep telling us that. Ring my bell. Yes. And, <laughs> but yes. Uh, so thank you. And again, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. So same bat time, same bat channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye.